Hi everyone, Jackie Franchile for Wahoo is 24-7 and welcome to a brand new episode of the Good All Podcast. And we have a new episode with the for the love of the game series. Again, if you're familiar with the series, this is when we invite people who are close to the student athletes or the UVA coaches. So we get to know them more as people rather than just the player or just a coach. And I'm really excited about this week's guest. We welcome Armand Franklin's mom, India Franklin. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you for inviting me. This is my pleasure. You know, if you're if you've ever been to John Paul Jones Arena and you see a woman with glorious hats in the stands, you have seen India there. I have to first bring that up because you have such a great hat collection and they've got Virginia colors on them, which is fantastic. Oh my gosh. I I think I started uh probably his freshman year. And I don't even remember how I started. And just, I think we were going somewhere and I was like, huh, I'm going to, it was probably a bad hair day to be honest. And I probably just threw on a hat and then it, it just evolved into a thing. And now it's, it's kind of my thing. And, and I love it. Like, absolutely. I have about maybe 20 fedoras probably, if not more. <laughs> At least it's easy for your son to see you in the stands. I so he, he kind of gives me the really mom. <laughs> I was like, but you know, people, I said, I love fedoras. He's like, really mom. I said, but you can spot me easily. He was like, yeah, I know. So At least he knows you're supporting him. Yeah. And so he can't, he can't complain for a mom to being there in the stands supporting him. So. <laughs> Like, he doesn't have to look far. It's like, okay, where? Oh, there she is. <laughs> <laughs> and how great has it? Because you've been to a, quite a few games at JPJ this year, and you were on the road, too, to the NIT. How great was seeing him in action a couple times this season? Uh, it's been great. Um, when he first decided that he was going to go to UVA, you know, my thing was, you know, he was at IU. IU was literally 45 minutes down the road. I went to tons of games in, in, you know, in town, out of town, uh, because of the big 10 and that was, you know, Midwest. A lot of the times I missed maybe four or five games that were a little bit further away. Um, so when he decided, uh, to go to UVA and I was like, you know, how, how am I going to manage this? Because he's used to me being in the stands. I'm used to being in the stands. I said, and it's pretty much like a nine hour drive, um, to UVA from Indianapolis. And I was just like, I had to tell him, I said, I, you know, you know, I won't be in as many games as I used to be able to attend because, you know, you're nine hours away, not 45 minutes down the road. Um, and, and so it was, uh, I had a little bit of separation anxiety and, um, but it has been wonderful to watch him kind of grow on and off the court for me. It's, it's been eye-opening in the fact that, you know, he's just so mature and, you know, he makes pretty good, you know, he makes pretty good choices. And then just to watch him kind of grow and flourish, like away from me, um, has been, uh, it's been a journey and it's been a pleasant journey. Um, And I enjoy watching him play. I always have ever since he was little. So... I know he's the youngest of four. So as a mom myself, I can't imagine that transition was 
easy at all for you to say goodbye to your baby of the family for being nine hours away. Oh, I, I we jumped in the U-Haul. It rained the whole way. I was towing his car. He slept most of the way. And I'm sitting here like, I should just turn around. He's the baby. How am I going to do this? You know, a few tears while I was driving. I was like, I've equipped him with, 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 with everything he needed. He has a great support system uh, with my family, his brothers, my sister, my mom. Uh, and so the further along in the journey I got driving, the better I felt about it. And, and the biggest thing was the coaching staff um, made the transition so much more easier than I thought it was going to be for me. When I left, I stayed a week after I, I drove him up there. I did stay a week. Um, but I left feeling really, really, really good about leaving him. I, I felt like I left him in very good hands, and I still feel like that. I was going to say the the recruiting process when you're in a transfer portal compared to a high school recruit, it seems like it goes on warp speed for families. You're, you're kind of trying. Yeah, it does. And because we were still in like COVID, um, the process was just very different than the initial process. Um, so everything was done via Zoom. So we didn't get the tour, the campus. You know, it was almost like, picking something sight unseen. Um, the coaches did a real job, really good job of showing us kind of the campus the best way they could, you know, via Zoom. But it was, it was like, okay, we only have so much time. And, you know, we had to whittle things down from probably 20, maybe, no, probably about 30 schools to five. Um, and like you said, it was in warp speed, like, okay, who are we definitely not going? Where are we definitely not going? You know, who do we kind of were thinking about? And it just all, it was like a whirlwind for us, at least for me. I'm not sure about her mom, <laughs> but as a parent, it was, it was pretty fast. And it was kind of like, this is different. This is not how it happened the first time. And so you're like, okay, we have to be sure, sure, because, you know, it, it's, it's, it's via Zoom, you know, you, you don't know what you don't know. And, and I, I mean, we asked tons of questions to help kind of get through the, the way we had to go through the recruiting process this, the second time. You know, as, as a parent going through this and knowing that, wow, we have to make this decision, we can't visit a campus, we can't even meet coaches face-to-face, what was it about that UVA staff that you felt comfortable driving nine hours and dropping off Armand in Charlottesville when you couldn't be close to him. And as a family, we said, well, as a family, there were probably about myself, his two brothers, my sister uh, and his trainer all on the zoom call. Um, Not all in the same place, but we were all on the call and it's just the plan that he had for Armand. Um, a lot of Tony Bennett talks about his faith and, and that was comforting to me. Um, I knew, I knew what Armand needed in a coach the second time around and Tony Bennett and the coaching staff literally, um, they, they checked all the boxes. Um, at the end of the day, they checked all the boxes, like the faith base, the wanting to have people, not just anybody, but people that fit into the culture of, of what they're trying to do. 
Um, and I think the thing that won me over was a text message that he had sent to Armand. I don't know the full gist of the text message, but I remember at the I remember at the end of the text message, he told Armand that even if he didn't choose UVA, you know, he was still praying that he would, you know, go somewhere and, and that it would be a good fit for him and that he wishes him well. And not many coaches do that. If you kind of don't choose them, you know, that's not the message that they leave. It's not that they're are mean or anything like that. They just, you know, if you don't choose, then they're like pretty much done and they are on to the next recruit. And so the message was, it was, it was a pretty detailed message. I don't remember all of it, but at the end of it kind of struck me and it kind of, it moved our mind. So, um, and they pretty much lived up to everything that, you know, they said they were going to do uh, during the recruiting process. So. So when you step foot in the John Paul Jones arena for the first time on game day, because obviously you couldn't see this, they didn't have even crowds at the JPJ during the time that Armand was picking UVA. Nope. What was it like to see it for the first time and see Armand there playing? It was amazing. Um, the crowd, uh, the fans, the student section, it was amazing. I was like, and that's kind of what helped me with my social media stuff. I was like, these people are like diehard UVA fans. They're, you know, it was just, I was nervous for him, but I was kind of calm too in the same because the fans were just awesome. And and people were like, are you, are you Franklin's mom? And I'm like, yeah. And it was like, oh my God, we love him. He's great. And I was like, huh. I was like, this is, this is really awesome. Um, the arena itself with even without the fans was just it was beautiful to me like i i had no idea like to see it via zoom and then to see it in person it it was still it was i i was i was overwhelmed for sure but it it was a beautiful sight and the and being in there with with the people was was awesome and uh, you mentioned a little bit about social media. You're very, you're very active on social media during game days when you're not at the JPJ. Obviously, JPJ, and you're at JPJ, you're a little more preoccupied. But <laughs> <laughs> when you are very active on social media, which is a good and a bad thing. The great, great thing is you do see that rabid fan base who are, you know, happy with uh, when UVA is winning and happy with Armand. But then you see the ugly side of social media. I think we saw that a little bit more at the end of the NIT run. Yes. How how hard is it as a parent that you've seen your child during the ups and downs? Because it, I, Armand is a young man, but he's still your child. He's still right. your baby boy. And you see what's being written about him by fans behind keyboards, sometimes don't even have pictures on their profile. Right. And how hard is it to, one, control yourself? Because I, I am 100% certain that you are controlling yourself. And those responses, how hard is it? And what type of message do you want to tell fans when, when it comes to those things? Um, initially, like his freshman year, like I was like getting right back at fans. Like, you know, you, you snip something, you say something to me, I'm going to say something right back. And it was actually Armand who said, mom, he's like, why are you responding to them? I was like, what do you mean? I said, they're like, they're like talking about you. He's like, but mom, they don't know me and they don't know you. 
why are you responding? And I was like, hmm, my son just taught me something. And he's right. They don't know him personally. They don't know me personally. And when you look at it like that, um, it, it doesn't make it less offensive. What it does is it just puts things in perspective. Like you don't really know, you know, you don't know um, what a kid is going through. No kid walks out on the court and says, huh, I'm going to shoot two for 15 today on purpose. They don't do that. They work hard in the gym. You know, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes. Like for me, I always wonder, okay, if it, is, is our mind struggling because, okay, first time really this far away from home because he's never really been away from home. You know, does he get nervous before games, you know, in this setting because it's new? You know, there's so much that goes on. Sometimes they're injured and they don't always talk about their injuries, you know, that because it's not always anybody's business to know, you know, what the injury is, how bad they're injured or anything like that. Um, they could have had a test that day that didn't go so well. Um, you know, there's so many things that the student athlete has to deal with and it's not always on the court. There are off the court things that, you know, kind of mess with their mental at sometimes too. And I understand that they're supposed to, sh you know, shake that off and, and be prepared. And a lot of times they, they try to, they're human though. And that's the thing. These, these, the people that have these negative things to say and the bad things to say or the bad things to write about what happens to what happens to people being realizing that they're they're also human and and my take about it is if my kid has a bad game and, and or we lose how does that really impact your life as a fan as a as a fan in my in my opinion it's like i feel bad for the kids because i know how hard they work so i'm not going to tear them down i'm going to continue to lift them up build them up and and i've always had that that kind of mentality um on social media like i'm not i'm not going to respond to negativity if you want to be negative that's fine um i'm not going to they 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 have a hard enough time you know as student athletes uh with pressures of of you know, classes, pressures of just everyday life, and then pressures of basketball. So building them up is, is what I, I just vowed that I would do as a, as a mom, as a fan of the game, and, and just as a human being. So it's safe to say that Armand, as, as he told you, he kind of brushes things aside when it comes to social media and just focuses on yeah. the game. Yeah. He basically says they don't know me and they don't know me you know, like that. They don't personally know me. You know, they, they see a, you know, a, a glimpse of me on the court, but that doesn't define who, who I am as a person, you know? And like I said, they're always, you know, they're, the, the players are tougher on themselves than people realize. Like if he has a bad game, you know, he'll, he'll call and talk to his brothers. Sometimes he'll talk to me, but I, I, I like that he calls and talks to his brothers and his trainer. Um, and they have conversations and, you know, I just focus on, you know, how was school today? You know, <laughs> you know, what did you eat? Are you tired? Are you getting enough rest? So I'm always in mom mode with him and I let others so that there's a balance. Um, and so he gets balance and he gets that support. And I feel bad for the kids that don't have like a really good support system to help them navigate through some of the, the muddy waters of, of people being mean behind the keyboards or even 
when they're struggling, not having that support system. I, I couldn't imagine what, what that would be like for somebody, but I'm sure there are kids out there that, that may not have that. You know, Tony Bennett mentioned that Armand suffered a toe injury, I think toward the later part of the season is when he mentioned it. And so when you hear those criticisms and you hear about what other people are saying about your son's performances on the court, how many times do you want to say on social media or what have you, listen, he's had a test that day, but no, listen, he's had this injury for a few weeks now and he's still recovering. Every single time. Because I'm sitting here like they're dogging him. I'm like, he has a metal plate in his shoe. Have you ever tried to do anything with a metal plate in your shoe? Like, I can't even imagine. I broke a toe before. I broke my toe. Um, and and actually, a, a broken toe or a sprained toe, absolutely nothing they can do about it. Like, they couldn't put a, a, a like, a cast on my toe. Um, they tried to tape it to the other toe. And I'm like, yeah, it's not going to work. So I took that off. And it just had, and it takes a long time to heal. And mine probably took longer because I'm older, but his is just now healing because it would get stepped on in practice. It would get stepped on in a game. It would, you know, if you plant the wrong way, you know, <laughs> it's going to hurt. Um, and so people don't even realize that sometimes the players are injured and yeah, they're still playing, but that a lot of times they are playing through pain sometimes and they can't, elevate and can't jump and shoot like they normally shoot because of an injury. So there are many times I wanted to say it and I was like, nope, not going to say it. They'll, they, they're, they're going to have their opinion anyway. Like even if he is hurt, they're still going to have their opinion. So me saying, Oh, you know, he's hurt, you know, and, and they come back and like, Oh, that's just an excuse. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not. So I just, I let them say what they say. Cause I know, deep down who my kid is, what he's capable of when he's 100% healthy. Um, and a, a lot of people didn't know, like even before, like the summer that he got there, he had just come off of uh, ankle surgery. He had ankle surgery. Um, he had some weird bone in his ankle that they had to take out. Um, and like literally when he got there that summer, they were they were still trying to clear him to work out and do some other things. So there's a lot that goes into it that people don't even, and they probably don't even care about it, truthfully. They just, you know, care about what they care about at the end of the day. For sure. A lot of things are happening behind the scenes. And, you know, just going back to what you said earlier and how much you've seen him grow on and off the court. What has been the biggest change you've seen? Um, just being on the court is just being more vocal. Um, Armand is, you know, he's he's a pretty quiet kid. Um, and so watching him, you know, talk to his teammates on the court, and and I remember one time I think it was it was I think it was Shed on the bench, and, and I think Shed was just kind of. Um, kind of getting down on his own his own self. And I remember watching our mind go over to shit. He, they were both on the bench and just talking to him and lifting him up. And, you know, that's growth. That's that's a lot of growth. He's the baby. So I'm like, okay, you need to do this. You need it. He's like, mom, I know I got this. And I'm like, okay, you probably do. <laughs> so, you know, he's take, he's got a car. He has to take care of his car, the maintenance on his car. Most kids, you know, they do or they don't. And he's been pretty good about doing that and just 
um, you know, living in an apartment and I come and visit and, you know, the apartment's clean and, and, you know, his room is clean. And I'm like, yeah, okay. So you, you, you're growing up there, buddy. That's, that's really good. Really good. Hopefully he doesn't pull the, uh, the, the teenager. I'm going to clean before my mom gets here. Um, he's a pretty clean, he's always been like, for the most part, kept his room clean. Very seldom did I have to get after him about his room or his laundry, you know, every once in a while, you know, I think when he was a lot younger, yeah, I did. Um, but as he became like high school and then first year college, I didn't have to do it so much. And I'm like, well, he's growing up. He's got to figure it out. Nobody. And like I told him before he left, nobody wants to live with a slob. So you remember that, you know, keep, keep your room clean, clean up behind yourself, you know, in the kitchen, you know, things like that. And so hopefully he listened, it appears. And that, uh, I'm hoping it's not the whole mom's coming, let me clean thing either. Um, finally, I always like knowing when he was younger, did you ever think that you would be a mom to a student athlete at a D1 school of uh, ACC school like this? Did, did that something that you always felt like this was Armand's path when he was little? Did he play a lot of basketball? I did. He actually started, this is one of those stories. Um, he actually started off, I think he was, this is how it actually started. He was three and he was playing soccer with four and five year olds. Um, and he really wasn't even supposed to play, but he wanted to try out. He was one of those kids that just pushed. He was like, I want to try. I want to play soccer. I want to play soccer. You're not old enough. Yes, I am. I can do what they do. I was like, all right. So took him to soccer, played soccer. He played soccer for one session, like one whole session or whatever they call it. The lady called back and said, and our mom was sitting right next to me. And she's like, hey, is our mom going to play this the second session? I said, our mom, do you want to play soccer the second session? He was like, mm, nope, I think I'm going to retire. I want to play basketball. I, she said, did he say he wanted to retire? And we, the lady and I just kind of died laughing. He's the kid that at three, he's up watching Sports Center every morning before he went to daycare at three. Um, and he started playing basketball at four. At four. Um, his brothers are playing in the league. His brothers are nine and 10 years older than him. Brothers playing in the league. We would go, he would sit and watch practice. There were four, they were five and six year olds playing on the other side. And he was like, mom, can I try out for basketball? Uh, that they're, no, they were six and seven. So I said, they're older than you. They're not going to let you try out. You're, you're too young. And again, there was a battle with me and him. No, I'm not. I can, I, I looked over there. I can do what they're doing. So I go over to the guy that's running the league over there with the little kids there and they're having practice. So I look at him and I was like, I said, my kid's four and he wants to try out for the team. I wink at the guy because I'm winking at him saying, he's too young. Don't let him, you know, don't let him do it. I wink at the guy and he was like, all right, Armand tries out and he literally is doing what the, the older kids are doing. And the guy looks at me and it's like, yeah, he can play. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> that was not the deal. So um, he's been playing basketball ever since. And D1 basketball has always been his goal. So when my kids dream, I allow them to dream. And I try to, you know, um, support their dreams. So 
he's been, he played started playing AAU in the second grade and went all the way to the eleventh grade. It was a lot of travel, a lot of of time. Uh, I was actually in uh, graduate school doing working on my master's uh, during like part of his AAU season and um, traveling and and working on my master's at the same time. But it was. I got to do what I got to do for me, but I also got to do what I, what, what I need to do for my kid at the same time. So I think I always knew he would because he's a very determined kid. At four, he wanted to play with the big boys already. Yes. And mostly I think part of that is because he had older brothers and, you know, he was always trying to prove himself to his older brothers all the time. And so they were playing in the league and he wanted to prove to them that he could play in a league too. And, and that's kind of how it started. So. A lot of sacrifices happen for student athletes. Yes. A lot. <laughs> it, it was, it's, it's been a lot like literally just whatever I could do to help him reach his goal of, of going to college and playing basketball is what I did. If it required to, you know, travel the whole summer, you know, the summer's travel was my vacation. That's how I looked at it, even though we were in the gym. And I'm a, I, I love sports. I'm a junkie anyway. Um, so it wasn't a bad sacrifice for me because I like basketball. I like football. Um, I played volleyball and ran track you know, all that stuff. I played in school myself. So um, it was a rewarding sacrifice and it was fun. It was, it was fun. It was a, it was an awesome journey. I would have to say awesome journey. It must be even feeling even better when you see him play now at UVA. Yeah, I do. Uh, I love it. He said when he went in the portal, he said, I want to play in the ACC. And I was like, okay, how, how are we going to, and, and how are we going to make this happen? And then, you know, I said, okay, let's, let's look and see who's, who's calling from, from where. And I was like, you sure is, you just, are you just, are you sure it's just the ACC? You know, we had some other schools and I'm like, okay, <laughs> whatever I can do to foster whatever dream it is that you want to do, just, just, I will, I will do it. And that's kind of how I, that's been our relationship. You know, what do you want to do? Um, how do you want to do it? How can I help? Um, and his brothers and his brothers are the same way. Like they are his biggest, I'm his biggest fan, but they are equally his biggest fans. Like they, they talk every day, like every we all talk every day though. So they talk every single day. It's very seldom that they don't talk. And when they, you know, and, and all of it's not about basketball, like, I think the other day, I think they were on FaceTime and, and I didn't get to join because it was just the brothers and they were just laughing and talking about old times and goofy things that, that I guess brothers talk about and do. So um, they had to make sacrifices too because even though they were older, my, kid, my older kids played uh, sports in college and I didn't get to really go see them play, but they understood why. You know, every once in a, you know, every once in a while, I would 
visit them, but I never really got to see the older boys play in college. Thank you so much, India, for coming on the show and really enlightening us on what it takes to be a student athlete at UVA. We really do appreciate it. Remember, we'll have a brand new episode of the Good Old Podcast on Tuesday. It'll be available on anywhere that you listen to your podcast. We are already on Apple and on Spotify. You can also see the video version of the podcast on our YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe to the channel and also hit the bell so you are notified when a new episode has been loaded up. And make sure you also review and rate our podcast on Apple. 